Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors and the Fresno Multiple Listing Service, which is a part of that association. Um, and our goal is to provide some really good information on our local market so you know what's happening in Central California. Um, we don't talk too much about what's going on in Michigan and New Jersey other than to say that, that yeah. we don't. But, um, you know, the national news talks about what's going on in Michigan and New Jersey. And Florida. And Florida. <laughs> That's right. And um, so we're local. It, this way you know what you're getting around here. And to help me with that today, we have Rip Hobdy of Real Broker. Yes, sir. And you've been in this business... What? 20 plus years. 20 plus. Okay. That's a handful. So you've seen a thing or two. You've seen a few rides. <laughs> rides is a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I, I, what is a normal market? Well, they say normal market is what, three to six months worth of inventory. Um, everything's kind of stable. We have uh, um, prices and appreciation three to five percent year over year. Not like what we've had for the past five years, four or five years, anyways, 13, 15%. Um, it's been interesting. This year has been uh, like a tale of two coins almost from the beginning, right after COVID, and now today. So, very different market. Yeah, that's for sure. And we're going to get into some good market stats so that we can discuss w uh, what our local market's really like. But I think before we get there, Let's describe how those stats come about, and sure. a good way to do that is by talking about the origin Correct. of our statistics, our numbers, the origin, the database of our homes, right. which is the Fresno Multiple Listing Service. Correct. What do you tell us about that, Rip? Well, uh, Fresno Multiple Listing Service is a compilation of all of our local data. Um, that's available to the real estate agents, lenders, appraisers, and most of all, the consumers. So mainly it's done for the consumers, is that way we have clear, concise information for the sellers and buyers of the market, or consumers of real estate. So this is all compiled, it's also um, done to give a fair, clear advantage to everybody. Not one person, not one brokerage, not one agent gets it all. Everybody, everybody gets this information, so it's not held back. Back in the old days, when you started, there was books that came out. What do you mean when I started? Oh, <laughs> back when I sold Abe Lincoln a log yeah, cabin. Yeah, I didn't say the template off the mount, but <laughs> <laughs> when the books were delivered on a, you know Thursday or Friday, we had to go through the books, and that's how we got the information out. And then, and then you have the uh, MLS comes out and Zillow and all these other online services. But I would like to focus on keeping it local. I would also like to give a plug out for our local MLS. Um, community. These guys are huge, the guys and ladies. Um, the What we do for each other behind the scenes that the consumer doesn't see is over the top. And you know what I'm talking about. So um, it's, uh, it's a great band of people. So there's over 4,000 members of our Fresno multiple listing. Yeah, Fresno County. And that would be um, uh, a co-op. Correct. Yeah, yeah so we all share. ABC Realty yeah, shares XYZ. their listings with XYZ Realty. Correct. Yeah, so we don't we don't hoard it. 
we all put it out. We all agree to share uh, clear cooperation, which means we're not hiding anything. Um, everybody knows what we've got going on. Even if they want a list of coming soon, they're going to know it's coming. So that way, the other agent at XYZ can tell his clients, hey, there's a house coming on the market pretty soon that you may like. So there you go. We're not trying to dodge anything. Um, the consumer is number one for us, and we make sure we take care of them. Why would competitors do that? Uh, you know, the, unfortunately, the market's the market. People are people, and people are going to do things that they you know, probably shouldn't do. So they're trying to get both sides maybe or whatever. And actually, my question, Matt, why, why would two competitors want to cooperate? Okay, that's a great question. So you and I could actually talk about this probably yeah, for an you hour. You misunderstood yeah, my yeah, first one. <laughs> so key thing was uh, the two agents, right? Communication, just like we were just talking. I didn't hear correctly, so now we have a misunderstanding. So Don and I know each other for a long time. We've worked together on deals, you know, side by side. So the local service, we keep it local. Everybody works together. We know each other. So the agents have been around a long time and have worked with a lot of agents. When I call you and I hey Don, I got a buyer that wants to buy your house on one, two, three, four Main Street, you're gonna say, All right, Rip, we got a deal because Rip doesn't bring me flakes. <laughs> so um, that's part of the deal. So we've been around, we know each other, and we're able to work. Even though we're different brokerages, it doesn't matter because we know we're gonna be able to, to satisfy the deal for the buyer and the seller. And everybody's gonna come out happy. That's the main thing. So it sounds to me like this is benefiting the consumer, the oh, buyers and the sellers. This consumer benefits, number one, by having it in the multiple listing service, the yeah. local multiple listing service over anything else. So the seller benefits because there's more traffic to, to uh, that their home is exposed to. Correct. There's more eyeballs on their address. Which okay. The main thing is getting eyeballs on their address, which brings buyers and that's the goal for us is to bring as many buyers as we can to their property. And then the buyers, the benefit would be if there's more inventory. Correct. Yeah. Instead of going to the grocery store and only having one brand to yeah. choose from, you've got multiple brands. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, you know, prime example, a lot of people will try to do it for sub by owner. But we can show stats later on. We'll probably talk about it also. The real estate agent and the multiple listing service can get the seller of a multiple list or uh, for sale by owner more money and net them more money by using a real estate agent. All right. Now, um, this Fresno multiple listing service thing, mm -hmm. how, how big is it? How far does it Fresno, Ours is Fresno County. Um, and that's a big county. And I was like, what's a million square feet? That was huge. Uh -huh. 4,000 plus agents in Fresno County. So we also include parts of uh, the mountains, um, Madeira has their own little local MLS, which um, right, we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Squaw Valley, um, almost down to Visalia, just north of Visalia, but where Tulare County splits, because it's a different county. All right. So, uh, and Tulare County, Kings County, Madeira County have, have their, their own, own local, local listing services. Correct. So, And I'm sure there's overlap. Yes. All right. So... Where I'm going with that is that the statistics that we provide, as localized as they are, are not 100% accurate because maybe somebody, um, well, we're not counting a, a home sale in Madera County, which if we give Fresno County stats, correct, 
because um, it might have been in the Madeira multiple listing service. Correct. However, as we, as market professionals, um, that includes you too. Thank Rip. you. Yeah, for <laughs> you. Uh, we as market professionals, I, we know how to formulate the parameters inside of there to inside of our search Correct. for where we can give the most accurate Correct. statistic possible. Sure, that's our job is to dig in and, and do the work. So we, we're going to have to go to multiple sources to find out. It's just not the square footage price if the seller wants to list their house. There's everything that takes into consideration. I like to talk about appraisers. You know, when they come out to a house, they're not going to give you the value right then and there. They've got to do the research. They're just coming to look at the house and see what it looks like to get the measurements, and then they go back to their office and get down and get dirty and get the price. However, um, and I know this has happened to you also, where you go out and look at a home to, to somebody that wants to list it and, and get it sold, and they expect you to know the number off the top of your head. Almost always. And it's not just because you look smart, right? Yeah, it's, no. and, and speak smart. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, we do our due diligence before we go, but the price is the price. Um, but I'm here to see all the tangibles, the improvements they've done, the condition of the house, wear and tear. Is there something I didn't see on the, on the numbers? You know, uh, Don, the tax record is not always 100% accurate. Oh, that's for sure. So a half-bedroom or a three-car garage versus a two-car garage. Or they say it's a four-bedroom, but the third bedroom doesn't have a closet. So now it's actually a three-bedroom with a den or an office. That cuts down the volume. Or the big one you'd like is basements. So there is some houses with basements in Fresno. And if it's not done right, they only get a certain amount of dollar value instead of the uh, price of the actual bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so these online valuation models, yep. that they go off county records, Correct. which may or may not be accurate. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's a lot of them that are close, but I've seen a lot lately that are off just enough to make it to, to uh, make it to where you lose some value on your home. I'll give you, I'm going to give everybody a free tip today. Okay, so everybody's heard of Zillow, correct? All right. Um, so if you go in, if you're a homeowner, you go into Zillow and, and claim your house on Zillow as you're the homeowner. You can go in and adjust your home amenities where it's correct. So now you'll have a better idea of, of per Zillow, which is a Zestimate, which Don and I could talk about other things like that for a long time. Um, but that just gives you an idea, a snapshot, so to speak, and it's going to give you a better snapshot of that. So. So I recently had one to show you how county records yep. could be wrong. Um, I had a, a lady applying for one of my rental homes, and it's a three-bedroom, one-bath, legitimate three bedrooms. That third one has a closet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it just It's a three-bedroom home. However, it was built back in the early 1950s. Records weren't so great back then. Anyway, it's c- called a two-bedroom, one-bath on county records. So this lady was insisting to me that it's only a two-bedroom home because that's what Zillow said. And I said, but look at the house. Yeah. <laughs> There's three bedrooms in there. Go count yeah. them. I don't know what you did here, but it's, it's a two-bedroom. <laughs> I know, it's silly, huh? You can see it, but because of that said it, they believe that over what they see. Yeah, right. So that's what we're trying to do on this show is show you the reality of what you really see and not of what you hear. And when we get back from our first commercial break, 
I'm going to show you three different stats in different ways. So, and they're all going to come out different, and yet it came from the same source. Yep. So it's a matter of how you want to. Well, it's a matter of how what story you want to tell. Exactly. So. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. We'll be right back after this first commercial break. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio we have Rip Hovde of Real Broker. Been here in the Fresno market for over 20 years. Yes, sir. And uh, weren't you from up north too? Or no, you started here. I've been all over the place, but I landed in Fresno in 1990 and oh. haven't left. All right. Um, anyway, Rip is a fellow realtor that likes to analyze the market, too. I do. And um, I think he's probably a lot like me where we pay attention to the numbers, but the more we pay attention to them, the more we go back to basics Correct. of, well, there's the home. Yep. <laughs> and, and if you want a good place to live, that's a good home to live that's in. That's correct. Yeah. So... In the first segment, I said we're going to show you three different methodologies Correct. of um, looking at stats. So what we what I did is I ran statistics for Fresno County. Okay. So that's not going to take in Madera County or Tulare County. Correct. Just Fresno County. Um, the reason I do that is it's not only is it local, but Everything in Fresno County will be in the Fresno Multiple Listing Service. Correct. If it's in Madera, it may or it, it, good chance it's going to end up in the Fresno Multiple Listing Service, but it also might be in the, just in the Madera. Sure, that depends if the uh, real estate agent joined the local MLS as well. Right. And a lot of good agents will join multiple listing services so we can expose our clients' properties or find properties. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, so I'm looking for consistency there in, in there. Um, so I ran statistics for the first six months of 2023 and 2022, and I'm going to share that. But then I also ran statistics for June of 23 versus June of 22, and we're going to see some differences there. But I, and I know you're going to agree with me, Rip. When we look at the first six months of the last two years, wow. inside of those six months, what a wild ride. That's what I said, the tale of, the tale of two rides. So even though the, it was unusual, is both six months of both years were volatile. They were extremely volatile. One was coming out of COVID, the other was coming out of interest rates. So, and I think what you see on both of those is fear. So, and that affects a lot of people emotionally on how people were buying and selling and, and, and conducting their lives. Wow. And that's interesting that, uh, that you would say uh, fear is the big thing there. And also that it was volatile. Because when I give you the numbers, maybe when a historian, a real estate historian goes back and says, well, let's look at those numbers that Rip and Don came up with. Please. Yeah, please do. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to say... And it wasn't volatile at all. Look at this. There's only been a 2% differentiation in those uh, half years. Wow. So in um, 2023, the median sold price 
is three hundred ninety-seven thousand, which is a great price. Yeah, yeah, for Com- California compared to California, and, and yeah. Well, even in Florida now, three—that's a great price. Okay, but three ninety-seven um, for the first six months of twenty twenty-two. That median price was four hundred four. Okay, so it's down. Yep, only two percent. Um, so it might feel like more because if you were to compare 2021 and 2022, there was at least a 10% rise. Right. All right. So that, but to be inside of three, four, five percent seems pretty stable, and yet you're saying it was volatile. Well, yeah, because the we had interest rates going up. The market, the news, everything was just, everybody was afraid. It was just, everything was fear. On the, If you're watching the local news or national news, it was all fear. Interest rates, uh, market, everything was just crazy. And I think that just kind of really pulled a lot of people back um, and pulled on the reins. And, you know, a lot of us were used to, uh, and like for folks that have been around a while, we own our house, we're sitting at two and a half, three and a half percent. And... I mean, I've been around long enough to know when I bought my first house, I was at twelve and a half percent, and then my second house was nine and a half. So, I'm not too, I'm not sweating the current rate. And we'll we'll probably dive into this in a little bit. Is um, why would a buyer buy now? So, and why is the seller going to sell now? There's a couple of reasons why both are going to do that. Yeah. Now, keep in mind when we compare the six, first six months of the two years, prices have actually dropped two percent. Okay. But now, let's go to June to June. All right. And, and, and this is going back to what I said. You can almost make a story out of the numbers. So, June to June, prices are actually up. Yep. So, last year, it was the median price was 415000 Okay. This year, it's $420,000. $5,000. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is around 2%. Okay. Um, but it's funny how June to June, it's up 2%, but first half to first half, it's down 2%. Yeah, so I said it was, you know, people may not like the word volatile, but we're in the market and it felt volatile to me. Um, and the first January, February, March of this year were very different markets than they are right now. Mm-hmm. So the, the interesting part of the story is, Two percent, either way, yeah, should not be news. It no. shouldn't be worthy of talking about. Certainly shouldn't be called volatile. Right. But yet it was. I have. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. I mean, we're working it. It was volatile. I, I, it was tough. I felt bad for people trying to buy or sell. Um, inventory was extremely low there for a little bit. It has to come back a little bit, but it's just tough. It was tough mm-hmm. to end. And then the interest rates. A lot of buyers were fearful. You know, rents are going up in Fresno. Rates are going up in Fresno. The price of homes were going up, and a lot of people are thinking they were going to go down. So we have a little bit of decrease year over year, but now we're seeing an increase. Okay, I have a trick question for you. You're talking about rents going up, prices going up, everything's going up. Mm -hmm. Would you say that prices are going up on all things? Pretty much. Feels like it. Yeah, I mean, whether you're at the store buying broccoli. My power bill. Your power bill. It's all going up. Yeah. Maybe if you looked at it like this, it's easier to understand. It's not that everything's going up. It's that the value of the dollar going down. is decreasing. I agree with so that, too. So it takes more dollars 
to buy the same thing that you used to. Correct. Um, and that's called inflation. Right. When really it should be a deflation of the value of the dollar. Right. Words, stats. Everybody controls the stats and they make the stats say what they want them to say. That's one thing for people to realize. Mm -hmm. I'll bet a lot of our listeners are out there scratching their heads right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> show. All right. Now, 2% either way is not a lot. 5% either way is probably normal. But here's a statistic that is really large. Okay. If I said there was a 25% change that would, in a certain number, that's yeah. going to mean something. Well, how about the first half of 2022, there was almost 4,300 sales okay. in this parameter. Okay. And that 4,300. The first half of 2023, that number dropped 25% to 3,200. That's why it says volatile. Mm -hmm. That was the number of sales dropping <clears throat> transactions. So home prices didn't really drop much. No. It was the number of transactions, Correct. and that's why it feels volatile. And that's why um, you know a lot of folks up here, the ask you too, in the grocery line, and how's the real estate market? I hear prices are going to drop. I'm like, you know, maybe in some other areas, um, maybe the Bay Area, L.A., San Francisco, I mean, um, San Diego. But in Fresno, we're kind of a unique market of our own. Inventory is so low. There's still a lot of people looking. Um, there's, the builders are still building, so... Well, here's a good statistic to All give right. them. Say, well, you know what? You're, you're right. Did you know that it takes twice as long to sell a home uh, um, in 2023 as 2022? Okay, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. But Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> that number went from seven days on the market to 14 days. Right. <laughs> well, that's a, good, that's a good point for our consumers to know. If you're a buyer and the house has been on the market for, you know, 30, 45 days, you're going to want to know why it's been on the market for 30, 45 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sellers, that's a, a word to the sellers to be wise on how you're pricing and marketing your home. All right. So um, I guess the story here is be kind to your realtor, your your lender, your escrow people, because there are less transactions. Oh, yeah. Way less. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. 25% is significant. That's huge. 2% is, so yeah. Um, it's like if it's going to be hotter today than yesterday, and it went from 107 to 108. Yeah. Eh. 2%. It's also Fresno. Yeah. It's going to be hot. All right. Well, with these head-scratchy thoughts, <laughs> we are going to go to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with me is Rip Povdy. And I got to hand it to you, just like our intro music says, put me in, coach. Rip is always roaring to go yes, uh, to come on this show and, and share your your experiences. Yeah. So, in the last segment, we were talking about this dramatic increase in days on the market. Yep. It doubled, doubled from seven to fourteen, <laughs> which I'm, I'm saying that tongue in cheek Correct. because fourteen is still, still very, very fast. Yeah. So, how do we interpret that? 
let's say there's been a home on the market for 30 days. Does the buyer say, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to lowball this thing because yeah. uh, obviously something's wrong with it. Correct. And that's exactly what we hear as real estate agents from buyers. Hey, this house has been on the market for this amount of time. What's wrong with it? You know, um, there's got to be something going on, something quirky about the property, something. Why has it been on the market so long? Is it overpriced? main thing they do is it's over. I think it's overpriced. So as a real estate agent, first thing we do is we check out the comparables. Um, a lot of people do different comparables. I typically stay within a quarter mile, try to stay in the same community, like houses, to get actual information. Some sellers are just unrealistic. Um, and we see that in pricing where um, they want X amount of dollars and they want their big bag of cash and, and it's not necessarily going to get it this time. But the buyers will, I think it hurts the sellers in a long run if they overprice for home thinking uh, one thing and not listening to their real estate agent. The buyer's going to come in, they're going to do their research because most buyers are researching the property before they even talk to the real estate agent. And then they're going to come in with their own ideas. So as a real estate agent, we have to know the numbers. Oh, boy, I'm going to have fun with this. Now, um, okay, so this, the, the agent goes in and, and does a, prepares a market analysis Correct. and recommends a listing price. Correct. Um, and the seller says, but I did my own research, and I found this one over here three miles away. Sure. That... Uh, <clears throat> Mine's better than that. I, you know, uh, Mr. Seller. you're asking this. Sure. Mis- okay, Mr. Seller, that's a great, that's a great, uh, great opportunity for you. I want to explain to you that as an appraiser, typically they go out a quarter mile, a half mile max. Unfortunately, it's like items, um, like houses and like houses, what the appraisers are going to use. So that might be a great house. Um, but that's not your competition. Your competition is in your local neighborhood. Just like we want to keep it local, keep it local. So why do I care what the appraiser thinks? Because they're the ones that are appraising the house for the bank, and the bank's securitizing the loan for the buyer. Well, I'm having fun with this. Yeah, that's by fun. the way. Yeah. Well, they can just pay cash for the house. Then. Well, we can market it just paying cash, but no, mostly people are paying cash. You're going to want a discount. All right. I shouldn't be so mean to you, right? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, and most of the information that comes online free sure. are active listings, correct? Not sold. So well, and also the thing, Don, keep in mind: active listings, not sold, but also a lot, um, not a lot, but there is some houses that get sold that are not inputted in MLS that you have to research to make sure you find everything that's available. If you're doing the, you know, you want to do the work for the, the seller. Here's one I saw recently. I saw one that was very, very low. A very, and I'm thinking, why is that? So I researched it and found that it was the same agent that sold and listed and sold it. Well, and that happens sometimes. So on its own, that wasn't anything. But I went a step further and found out it was junior buying it from senior. It was a father to son transaction. Okay, yeah, that's fine. And then to be honest with you, the appraiser is going to discount that. They're going to research that and discount it and say, okay, this is a family transaction. They may not even count it. You know, I was always taught when we're doing comparables, we get rid of the highest, we get rid of the lowest. And we go there and keep it, you know, like the median. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's why all the information needs to be vetted. Correct. So that you don't bring in these outliers that are going to skew the 
the, the good numbers. result. Well, and that comes back down to what we talked about a minute ago is communication in the beginning. beginning. We have to communicate, and that's why you keep using your local real estate uh, multiple listing service because information is in there deemed accurate, but we communicate with each other to help the consumers get the best possible deal for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently had one, speaking of communication, where I'd heard that the house next door had sold for 500000 and um, even though it was listed at four eighty-five. And I called the other agent to find out. He was very forthcoming. He said, yeah, we had three offers that bid up, mm-hmm. and we're closing tomorrow. Um, you know, it sold for 500000 is what the neighbor told my, my client. Right. Well, turns out the appraisal came in low mm-hmm. at four eighty-five. The seller had already moved out of state and just took it. Yep. So... It wasn't really a good comp after all. No. Uh, well, that's what you know, comes back. Everything has to be vetted, like you said, and we have to make sure that um, it's like items and like items. So. Yeah. And you would think that the house next door would be a good comp, especially being it sold, yeah. you know, just the same week, but um, not always. Yeah, like you said, there's an outlier. The seller left, moved out, something came up. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Um, What's that? Uh, appraisers use the term? Ah, it was under duress. Correct. It, and not that there was a gun to their head, but no. just the fact that they were well, the seller moved moving already. out of state. Yep. Yeah. And at the last part of the escrow, appraisal comes in low. They took it. Well, that's why you want to keep using local real estate agents that have been in the market a long time because we try to help that stress level for the buyers and sellers to keep it, things moving. And then as a professional real estate agent and a local listing service, we're going to talk back and forth and make sure we take care of our clients. All right. Moving on, what would you, how would you recommend to a seller who has now been on the market for 30 days uh, yeah. and the home's not sold? Good question. Tell them. There's, there's, well, there's several things. Um, are we getting any showings? Number one. If we're not getting any showings, then you're overpriced. Okay. First of all, we do our numbers. The uh, listing agent gives a suggested price to the seller. Seller says yes or no, um, and we go from there. So then um, we talk about price, condition of the property, and location. You know, when the market was super high, it was location, location, location. Didn't matter. People were paying. You know, way over. It's a different market now. I've seen actually buyers are getting some work done, some uh, credits, and some other things. So, what I would tell the sellers is if um, you're not getting any shillings, is your number one red flag. Uh, especially because there is buyers out there. Now, they're few and far between, but there is still, um, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing houses getting multiple offers. Um, and I am seeing some go in two to three days or get multiple offers. But I have seen some that are on the market 30, 45 days. So, you know, that could be because it's a condo or something, just something, you know, unique about it. So what do you tell the seller who says, well, I'm not in a hurry? That's great, Mr. Seller, but what happens if interest rates go up again? Um, we don't know. So there's, there's a lot of variables. And besides that, Mr. Seller, you're also, or Mrs. Seller, you're also making monthly payments. Unless you own the house free and clear, and you're still paying taxes on that. So by waiting it, um, waiting it out, you're still making your payments, your monthly strokes, and it's actually going to eat up the difference. Now, what I would suggest doing is uh, maybe not necessarily lower the price, but offer a credit uh, for closing costs mm-hmm. or a rate reduction. 
or maybe look at the house and see how you can improve the perceived value. Correct. Well, the other thing is also look at the pictures, you know, and the description of the MLS that's going out to the public. So the other thing is, you know, the first picture that's um, listed, is it a good picture? Because I ran across one, the first picture, they were good pictures, but it didn't look good. So I made the suggestion to move your photos around a little bit in MLS. Um, and then uh, open houses, we're still seeing traffic coming through in the open house. Mm-hmm. So definitely um, we are seeing that houses that are clean, um, not cluttered, maybe even staged, are selling quicker. Yeah. Especially yeah. the, you know, stage homes are, yeah, ready to go. Yeah, and the buyers do want, they don't want to do anything. They want to move in. And it may not be that the buyers don't want to. It might be they don't have the ability right. to because they just got cleaned out on the down payment, the closing costs, Correct. moving expenses. Yeah. Yeah. They may not have money for the car- new carpet. Yeah. And then we want to get people into owning homes because that helps the neighborhood. It helps our, our city and town and communities. Yeah. Um, what do you tell, how would you advise a buyer when the buyer says, you're on the doorstep, you haven't even looked at the house yet, and they say, ooh, been on the market 29 days, I'll yeah. bet, um, I wonder what's wrong. I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> nothing. You know, you might have got lucky, to be honest with you, depending on the time, um, uh-huh. it just may just hit right where um, people just were not shopping when you, you did that now. We're in buying season right now, selling season right now. Um, for our market until end of next month is a hot time, and, and we're seeing inventory actually going up in the summer. So that's what that's normal, see inventory going up during the summer. Um, it finally broke. What I do is I check Fresno and Clovis single-family PUD, and it just broke 500 uh, last week mm-hmm. for the first time in a really long time. So I would say uh, – 29 days, not a big deal. Now, if we're looking at 75 days, then I'd say, okay, let's figure out what's going on. Or 100 days, was it, did they list it and have to do some work? So we need to find out why um, it's been on the market that long. And going backwards a little bit, because I, I forgot to throw this one out. Accessibility to the home. That's huge. Okay. There's one where the agent didn't even have a lockbox on it because the seller did not want a lockbox on the property for other agents to show the home. Made it difficult to show for the first 30 days. So when I interviewed them, I said, okay, so what, why do you think it has a sold? Well, uh, I talked to the other agent. Well, we didn't have a lockbox. It was hard to show. Okay. So now, you know, that's, that's a big red flag. So now when they talk to me, well, it's been on the market for 40 days. We have it the first 30 was not able to show. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes, it, it, and first of all, the public doesn't see this on the public sites. It's the realtor that sees it in the multiple listing right. service, the showing instructions. And it could be that you need 24-hour notice, yep. um, confirmed appointment only. Correct. And I, I love this one where, uh, you know, is, is it all right if we show your home tomorrow at 3 o'clock? Mm, no, that won't be convenient. Can you make it Monday? Yeah, that's taboo. <laughs> Especially because we still have people coming in from out of town, out of state, uh, buying property. I was just uh, showing a nurse from Portland, Oregon uh, property yesterday. She's only here for one day looking at houses. Yeah. So if we couldn't get in, she didn't see your house. Yeah, there you go. So for the buyer to know, it, it maybe that seller wasn't, 
motivated the first 30 days. Maybe they are now because now escrow closed on their new home. They need to sell it now. Well, maybe it's vacant now, whereas the first 30 days it was occupied with a graveyard sleeper. Right. Yeah, 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 correct. Yeah. I think it all, there's a lot of variables. And that's where the agents have to communicate with each other and let everybody know what's going on. Um, and then the, as a listing agent, we have to let the sellers know, look, at, to get you maximum dollar for your property, it needs to be ready to go. If you have a tenant in there, I would recommend having the tenant move out before we get in, having the carpet cleaned or new, new carpet, new paint. We want to give it the, the best look possible when we first hit the market because... After 30 days, if you want to reduce the price, we get way less eyeballs on your property by a price reduction than was first on the market. Yeah, good point. So with that, we're going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Mr. Rip Havdi is from Real Broker is here in the studio sharing his experiences with us, and we've talked about why local stats are more important than national numbers, uh, how to interpret those numbers, because there's a lot of ways you can interpret them. Um, We've also talked about days on the market and and how to read that. But I want to go into something really important now. What to expect during this escrow period? Great. That's a good one. So you have a typical 30-day escrow, 45-day escrow. Some of them are 60 days. <clears throat> and then uh, be during that escrow period is when we get all the paperwork done. The buyer is going to get their appraisal done, the loan done. Uh, seller is going to get their disclosures done in a certain amount of days. Um, they start packing, and the seller is going to expect to close in 30 days or 45 days or 60 days. Buyers hopefully wanting to move in in 30, 45, 60 days. So it behooves everybody, again, we talked about at the very beginning, is communication. The uh, loan officer is going to talk to the buyer and discuss their loan and how that's going. And I talked to you off air about a couple of transactions I've seen where, for whatever reason, they didn't make their tax payment or something, and that held up escrow by a couple of days. So it, it, as a buyer or consumer, you want to make sure you tell your loan officer everything that they ask. Don't think that they're not, you know, it's not important or what have you. Um, so communication is the utmost importance. When also, during the escrow period, if the loan officer asks the buyer for a document or something, we need to get done right away. We can't sit and wait um, to get an account number from your investment account or something for days. We, it needs to be handled fairly quickly. You know, within, within a couple hours is great. You know, 24 max, to be honest with you, um, the way things work because there's a lot of people involved in the escrow. So ultimate goal is to close on time. But, oh, yeah. And I one time ran into a client who owned a moving company. He said he hears more stories Good and bad, right? Of escrows that don't close on time. Yep. And then, of course, he has to adjust moving times yeah. and such. Also, oh, nightmare. Yeah. And then I always, here's what drives me. I try to think of the third grade kid who's all excited and tells his friends, "We're moving this weekend." Yep. Uh, well, escrow didn't close. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and then, and then the worst thing is when the consumer doesn't know. Oh, I don't know why it didn't close. 
Yeah. So, again, communication, but then just be, be um, oh, the other thing we need to bring up, insurance. Oh, yeah. Homeowner's insurance. That's a big one because now we're seeing we used to be able to get the binders, the insurance policy for the, the lender and the bank within 24 hours or less. Now we're not seeing it so quickly. And then I don't think uh, people out there listening have known that there's some insurance companies that are not, not writing insurance for new homes. Yeah. And something I've learned is you go back a few years, it was okay on the last day of escrow to say, oh, I need to get an insurance policy. Correct. You can call somebody and you get it within an hour, yep. maybe 24 hours, yeah. but quickly. Now is one of the first things you should do in the escrow. 100% to get the homeowners, homeowners insurance going right away. That's the first thing. Yeah. That's that's like crucial. So, again, it's a communication. Hopefully the lender is um, explaining that to the buyer. But as real estate agents out there listening, keep your ears open for um, this. But And also, this goes back to our local multiple listing service. We have meetings, and we have agents that show up every week, and we talk about these type of products. Uh, we have insurance agents come and tell us what's going on in the industry, CPAs. There's all kind of folks that come and talk to us about what's going on in our neighborhood. So we're a more educated group. I would hope so. We, well, you know, we're self-educated, a lot of us, and it makes sense to be part of the local MLS, Multiple Listing Service. Um, that way we get the knowledge we need to take care of our consumers. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody goes, we're on day two of a 30-day escrow. Should the seller move out? No. No. As a listing agent, I do not recommend the seller even start packing until we've uh, passed day 17 or whatever the contingency period is on inspections. And we know that the buyer's a solid buyer with the bank. The appraisal's done. All the inspections are done. We've gone past all the time frames like that, like by day 17. We should be in good shape to know that we can make an, a, an educated decision with the communication from the lender. And there we go. Um, I do not recommend uh, packing even until after day 17. Okay, so what is that contingency period, what, and what is a contingency? And what is it? Okay, yeah. well, that's part of the real estate contract. That's where the sellers and buyers have time to do inspections. The buyer has five days to get their, or three to seven days to get their disclosures to the buyer, and the buyer has 17 days to do any physical inspections they want, home inspection, pest inspection, roof inspection, the appraisal, uh, whatever the buyer wants to get done. Um, can they grow chickens or grow crops? Can they do whatever they want? That's their time period to get that done. After that time period, uh, the buyer is going to want them to release that contingency, and that means they're moving forward. So as the buyer's agent, I'm going to make sure that the lender is moving forward. We've got the home inspection done, the pest inspection done, and that's our time to negotiate anything that we the buyer may want done in the transaction. Let's say there's $5,000 worth of termite work or there's a broken sewer line they want fixed, or the air conditioner doesn't work, which would be a real bummer right now. Something like that. Let's go to that broken sewer line. The seller might say, hey, I sold it as is. Right. And the buyer's saying, but I didn't know you had a broken sewer line. It wasn't disclosed. Yeah. So this... It's every, every contract in California real estate is as is, but the buyer can still ask to have things fixed. So, seller can say yes, no, or split it, and then the buyer has to deal with it from there. So, we just hope that the uh, sellers, oh, let's say uh, my number one thing for sellers as far as risk management would go, would go disclose, 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 because as soon as you move out, the neighbor down the street, you know, the Karen or Sue, who knows everything about the neighborhood, is going to meet that new buyer, and they're going to say, yeah, that's the funniest thing, the sewer line broke after they moved out. 
oh, that thing wasn't working. That thing broke five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing you know, it's going to come and bite you. Uh, but also for buyers, if the seller's moving out of state and something comes up, it's real tough to get anything fixed. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. How about the uh, appraisal process? Okay. How long does that normally take? Okay. It all depends on uh, when the lender orders it. So the buyer needs to get all their paperwork to the lender. It goes to underwriting, gets processed, and then they will trigger the appraiser. Now, as a listing agent, you may come in there and part of the contract say, I want the appraisal ordered in three or five days from acceptance, uh, which would be you know, feasible in this type of market. So then they typically they get out there, and within three days, they should have it to the bank. Within you know, five days, the, uh, the lender should have the appraiser, the appraisal done. And then we look at the appraisal to see if there's any conditions. So let's say the appraiser comes in, the house is listed for 450, the appraisal comes in at 450, but there's no smoke detector or the water heater wasn't double strapped. Then that's, now it's a condition. There's also a charge for the buyer to have that appraiser come back out, which could hold it up again. So it all, it's all, it all needs to be handled up front. So I would assume that constant communication with your client and your between the client and the realtor is important. That's key. That's crucial for a smooth escrow to close on time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, this way somebody doesn't move move out too soon yeah. or too late. Correct. You know, it's also some things that we can do. So let's say we have, um, we're dealing with older clients, sellers, you know, you know, our age and older. They're all older now. <laughs> so we may say, hey, we would like to stay five days after close escrow uh, so we can get moved out. So stuff like that. Or they may want to stay 30 to up to 30, 28 days yeah. after close escrow. All right. Rip, we only got a couple of minutes left. That's so let me ask you. What do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? Communication and be prepared. So we gave you some information on trying to help you make the best possible decisions for you because uh, buying a house could possibly be the biggest expense you're going to incur, but it's also probably the best expense you're going to incur because we know that people in real estate, they help the community, they help their families, they help the town. Um, it's just a big thing, and it's also safe to buy real estate. Yeah. I remember getting advice before I bought my first home. The guy said, when you buy a home, you're going to sink roots in this community. And that's why we see we see the stats. We talked about stats. And we know that people that own homes that have kids, the kids do better. Mm -hmm. All right. One last question for you. Bring it. What's your best real estate advice? Be prepared. So buyers, if you're thinking about buying a house, let's get your credit uh, checked and work on it right now and get your money saved up. Um, a 740 to a 680 FICA score difference is, oh, and I'm not a lender, but I just checked it last night, a half a point difference in the interest rate. So get your credit checked, get it fixed, and save your money. All right. Well, thank you, and I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in today, and hopefully you learned something. I did. Uh, and, by the way, sorry, Rip, if I took any aggressions out on you by asking you all those tough oh, questions. Okay. <laughs> How come my home hasn't sold? Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, thank you. We'll be back again next Saturday. So um, thank you for listening to Welcome Home Radio.